this week on Checking In. Annie and I discuss what we've been up to. We also talk about things we're doing for Halloween. And we also talk about David's initiative with the Digital Media Lab and his new science fiction book club. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So we are back in the studio for our latest episode of Checking In. I hope you enjoyed our ride-along episode. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. That was a fun episode to do. It was fun. So we're back in the studio for a more traditional episode. Uh, So Annie, what have you been up to? I watched some good movies, and I have been on sort of a psychotropic, is that the word? Um, I'm not sure. Psychotropic trip. That's drugs, right? Well, it, it, yeah, but like what movies are you watching? Um, Well, in my reading. uh, um, Let's see. Okay, so I watched Plus One, which is a rom-com with... Um, Melissa Erskine, I think her name is, and Jack Quaid, who's the son of mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid and Ma- Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very cute. And then I watched Book Smart. Um, yeah, I've heard about. I've heard a lot of good things about that movie. It it's was like the female version of of uh, Superbad. It definitely is, and the actress is like the sister of. Yeah, one of the, the guy from Jonah Superbad. Hill. Yeah, the one actress is Jonah Hill's sister. Yes, but we, I was very entertained by it. My husband and I both, it was um, smart and funny, and um, I loved it. But it was so similar to Superbad that we watched the direct behind-the-scenes little Mm -hmm. short film afterwards to see how they got the idea to model it, and they never mentioned it and said, like, they in fact, kept saying over and over, this was such an original idea. Mm-hmm. And we just thought, well, no, it, was. but, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like the plot of Superbad. But it was yeah. it was still enjoyable and great. So. Nothing wrong with the, playing the plot of Superbad was super simple anyway. Just like a bunch yeah, of kids right. trying I'm, to have fun. The Superbad's a plot of thing. 11 like other movies. It's like yeah. the, the Jane Austen plot. It's like so basic that everyone copies it. Right, yeah. Um, but that was very good. And then, the, um, so Plus One and Booksmart um, were two fun movies. And then I think I mentioned during the ride-along episode that I was reading, um, I went to see Brian Wilson, mm-hmm. and then I uh, was reading his biography, mm-hmm. and so I, and, which I'd like to talk about. But I watched um, the recent the most recent Beach Boys movie, which is called Love and Mercy, and it had Paul Dano. Yeah, Paul Dano and Dano? John, John Cusack. And John Cusack. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dano was playing the younger uh, Brian Wilson, and then they sort of skipped all the... Um, Dano was playing, like, the pet sounds, Brian Wilson, and then they skipped the bathrobe drug haze 70s and moved into the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John Cusack played him when he was in his 40s or 50s mm-hmm. um, and he was under the control of this therapist if you could call him that mm-hmm. anyway so that was good but not fun it was <laughs> my husband was saying last night when we finished it, I have a, I have anxiety now I can't, <laughs> I can't go to bed <laughs> is that what your husband says or what you say that's what he said oh I thought it you know 
he's a, a tortured soul, but it's great that he can make that beautiful music. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe your husband said that because, like, that could have been his life. Yeah. Because he was, like, he's a musician. It's like, oh, is it really worth being a musician if this Maybe. Is, if everybody that makes music is unhappy and yeah. ends up in a bad place? Yeah, that's a question you got, like, I find myself... I don't think people, artists have to be tortured to make great music, but it does seem like some it of helps. the prodigies are tortured by something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we felt guilty going to the concert because it did not look like he was having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book explained that a little bit. So Is it because he's on so many, so many kinds of like antidepressants that he just sort of doesn't have like emote like someone normally would if they're looking like he's having no, I fun. Think, um, maybe. Or does he feel like he's probably just doing it out of like an obligation? Like he has to like pay for some divorce or some legal fees that haven't been paid for. No, he's been married to a second wife since the '90s, and she sort of got him out of okay. his um, terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know what was going on with him. I think several things. I think his career sort of stunted his maturity, so he's was trapped in a 16-year-old kid's mind for a while. Mm-hmm. He's got... Um, it's all family drama, right? Cause it's he's a, got family drama. Like the whole family band. And yeah. Then they... He's got mental illness, and he's mm-hmm. also getting older, so like yeah. it could have just combination of all those things Mm -hmm. Um, but the book I read about him was called Catch a Wave the Rise Fall and Redemption of the Beach Boys Brian Wilson so it was all about Brian Wilson so it was a lot about the Beach Boys too but it followed Brian and that's why I said I was on a psychotropic trip because there were so many drugs going on Mm -hmm. so much crazy stuff Um, yeah I would really recommend that book it's amazing how some of these people are still alive. Just yeah. Just, like, from, all, from that era. Like him, you know, the Rolling Stones, like, all those guys. Especially Brian Wilson, though. I mean, I haven't, I haven't read any of the Rolling Stones biographies. I know they took a lot of drugs, but Brian Wilson took a lot of hard uh, psychedelic drugs. He also ate. At one point, he was weighed, like, 350 pounds, and he would eat a dozen eggs for breakfast. Wow. And a steak at every meal. Mm-hmm. So that alone. Yeah. And then um, during like the uh, almost a full decade, he was being over medicated by this doctor who took full advantage of him. And is that the person in the movie? Yes. That, but they, they okay. also talk. They talk about him a lot in the book. Mm-hmm. Basically, I don't know. I I really loved the book, but if you really love the Beach Boys, I don't know if it's a great read because it taints the music a little bit like seeing like how the sausage is made you're just like they just treat him so bad the other beach boys Mm. um even as they're putting him in rehab they're pulling him out two days later to go to a show uh yeah it's i think it's one of those things where they probably are resentful of his talent probably because he pretty much was the beach boys yes and like they want him to get good enough but also like hey we need money or we need to keep this going. Yeah, it was a terrible spot to put him in because they wanted him to keep writing music no matter what. Even when the Beach Boys hired this terrible therapist that ended up taking over his life, um, but they only but they didn't want him to make the music he wanted to make, which was stuff more on the Pet Sounds 
Smile um, mm-hmm. album variety. So he was really caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a, a great read. Um, mm-hmm. But you won't like any of the other Beach Boys after you read it. Um, yeah, that that's it's just so common with with bands that get like sort of like personal relationships happening. I yeah. remember there's like that story of Fleetwood Mac, like they made rumors. Oh, Fleetwood Mac's a great just story. Just like yeah. they have to go to a show. It's like drummer, security guard, Stevie Nicks, security guard. It's <laughs> like they just hated each other so much, but they were able to make rumors. So. Yes. Beach Boys were very similar, flying in on different planes, walking mm-hmm. in from different sides of the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dennis Wilson, who died young, is the only one that's never sued another member mm-hmm. of the band. The, the uh, Wilson boy's father, who was a terrible, abusive, manipulative, manipulative um, made Brian Wilson go deaf in one ear from his beatings. Um, Wow. Then also sold the rights to the Beach Boys music for a pittance. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and so my other, so I read Catch a Wave, and now I'm reading for my book group next week a book called My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshveg. Is that how we, we looked it up before? Um, and that's also sort of a psychotropic trip. So they sort of matched in a way, but I've also been very sleep deprived because my son is um, not sleeping, uh, the baby. And so this book is about a woman who is having a tough time. She's in her 20s and she decides to get um, another untrustworthy untrustworthy therapist and get a lot of sleep medication and Mm -hmm. just hibernate for a year. That's her plan. So throughout the Mm -hmm. whole book, she's waking up and like slugging coffees and then um, going back to sleep and the whole narrative is very dreamlike and sort of Mm -hmm. trippy because at some point she sleepwalks and she doesn't know what she does. Mm -hmm. So I've been reading these two books off and on and and sometimes at like four in the morning because I'm up. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm sort of in a trance without all the drugs. Um, But the opposite is like your year of no sleep and... Yes. No relaxation. No sleep. No relaxation. It's very dark. It's um, like dark, like humor, or just dark. Dark like... humor. Okay. Um, very dark, but very sincere, and it's crude, mm-hmm. which I don't mind, but some people might mind it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really enjoying it, and I'm only like thirty pages from the end, so I think mm-hmm. it'll be a really good um, discussion. <laughs> I th- it'll be a lively discussion at book group, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. But um, it was kind of crazy how I picked these books randomly, and then they they have a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. mostly untrustworthy therapists and people taking way more drugs than they should. Um, mm-hmm. And sincerity. They're both quite sincere books. So mm-hmm. That's what I've been doing. I've been on a trip. Sounds like fun. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I've read a, I only read one book recently. Um, I read The uh, War on Normal People by Andrew Yang. Mm. He's, a president, oh, yeah. he's a presidential candidate. He wrote the book a while ago. I remember I bought it for the other library I worked at before I started working here. And I was always interested in that book because I'm sort of interested in automation and what it would do to the landscape mm-hmm. of just in general. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that think automation is only going to take like cashier jobs and like 
unskilled labor, mm-hmm. but like, you know, the Silicon Valley people, they're like, yeah, we could probably automate pretty much anything if we really wanted to. Right. Especially I, if it's like repetitive and like pretty routine, like a robot will take your job. And so, that's what the book is about? Yeah, that's what the book is about. It's sort of like figuring a way to like get ahead of the curve. Like how do we solve this problem? Because a lot of things that, you know, people mention like re-education or like re- like retrain like training mm-hmm. like doesn't really isn't really very effective like the money that goes to it almost never get the people almost never find jobs in the new field that they study for because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people they're not so much stubborn and just like you know they're so used to a certain way of life have to come in and relearn everything I think it's sort of difficult for them yeah maybe the new jobs aren't in the place where they live they're yeah in. exactly so like the mobility's limited and all that stuff. So sort of just like, you know, how do we solve this before it gets too crazy? And, you know, one of his solutions is the universal basic income. Yeah, I know. Um, I watched the Democratic debates and um, he had a pin on that just said math. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured that was his answer. Yeah. he's. I mean, like I said, his solutions, you know, make sense. You know, um, everything makes sense on paper, the way mm-hmm. that he talks about it. it just whether or not people are get on board with it. I think there's a lot of people that see it and like, he's he, like, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts with him and a lot of people that listen to him talk are like, oh, he kind of makes a lot of sense. Cause there's so many things that, you know, aren't really talked about and he's sort of bringing something to, to the forefront that many people aren't really thinking about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sort of, you know, one of the bigger issues of our time is like how, you know, technology's made most jobs easier but now it's like well how well maybe now technology is going to make most jobs obsolete it's like how we as a country going to solve mass unemployment and all that stuff so it's an interesting read i would give it a shot if you are interested in in that sort of thing have you ever seen the movie desk set i have not it's an old movie with katherine hepburn and spencer tracy but Mm -hmm. um I mean, had it was probably made in the 50s, but the premise is that she's a librarian and they bring in a robot to mm-hmm. do the librarian's job. Yeah. Spencer Tracy is the engineer of the mm-hmm. robot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it'll just be interesting to see what happens down the road. But I just like reading things like that. It just gets just interesting, even if nothing ever happened, just like... Philosophical arguments and just thinking about that stuff always yeah. interests me. You like the future forecasting? I do like future forecasting books, yeah. and just you know stuff like that, just things that make you think. Yeah, um, I think that's necessary, at least for me. It's mm-hmm. sort of sort of fun for me to do that. And I'm also currently reading The Water Dancer, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' first novel. So I'm almost done with that. How's that? That's on my list. It's really good. I like. I read his other book. Um, between the World and Me, mm-hmm. and I read some of his articles he wrote for The Atlantic and stuff. I think, you know, he's one of the better writers probably working today. I read um, Between the World and Me, and then um, I think the one before that, which he writes about his father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a great writer. That's on my list. So mm-hmm. he made the turn to novelist. Yeah. Well, he's a well, graphic for, novelist too, as well, Well, right? yeah, he wrote Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he wrote any other comic books, but he's writing Black Panther for a while. I don't know if he still is, but he was doing that for a while. But this is like his first 
novel. Novel. Yeah. I'm not sure if he'll go back to it or not, but I think he just sort of figured this was something that he could do. Gave it a shot. Yeah, kind of but a jack was, of all trades. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. I, I'm enjoying it so far. It's really, really good. It has like some, you know, magical realism in there. Uh, it almost sort of reminds me of Underground Railroad. I think they'll probably complement each other. Yes. This book and yeah. that book. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far. I'm almost done with it. I have like 100 pages left. So I'll probably finish that today or tomorrow. Because I have to, because it's due. And oh, due back. Mm-hmm. So I'm up, I'm up the, the crunch time now. So i got to finish that. But I do, I do enjoy reading him. And, you know, my wife just finished, you know, Cersei, which I read earlier. And we sort of got to talking like... There's just most books that we read are just very, I wouldn't say basic, but like you wouldn't notice that they're well, well written. Maybe sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. But like when you read, when I read Cersei and when I'm reading The Water Dancer, like you could tell when writers are just really good at writing. Yeah. And it's like, it's enjoyable to just read the prose. Like even if mm-hmm. like nothing is happening, you're like, I just like the way that you use your words. Yeah, I felt the same way about um, Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. You don't care um, where the story's going. You're just, mm-hmm. like, enjoying it, and you're not thinking. Sometimes you can read a book, um, and you think, oh, they use that word so much, mm-hmm. or they shouldn't. I know what they're trying to You can sort of see what they're trying to do. You can see the skeleton of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but with writers like Coates and Whitehead and um, a lot of other literary writers... I love that you don't even think about the fact that you're reading a novel. You're just so into mm-hmm. the Yeah, I think there's prose. definitely the case where there's definitely some authors that probably overwrite. Like, they try to, like, yeah. make the words bigger than they need to be mm-hmm. and just make it sound more interesting than it mm-hmm. actually is. And you're like, got it. I, I got you, <laughs> I got you. And then, you know, obviously there's some that don't care. Yeah. Which, I guess if you don't notice, then it's, that's the thing. I guess if you don't notice, it doesn't matter. But when you notice a book is well-written, you're like this is awesome, and if I guess if you notice a book is poorly written, you're like, I don't know if I could finish this book now. Right. Toni Morrison, was no, um, who just passed away a couple months ago, she was always known for being a lyrical writer and a, and a beautiful writer, and I read an interview with her where she sort of, she didn't resent it, of course it's a huge compliment, but she wished that people would pay more attention to her plotting because mm-hmm. she was like, I'm actually good at both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite good at building a plot as well, which she my, was. One of my professors in college, was he would always rave about Beloved. It's like, it's the best book that's probably ever been written that not many yeah. people have read. I'm sure a lot of people have read it, but probably more people should read it. It's a very good book, but it's very hard to read. I mean, mm-hmm. just the subject matter is really hard to read. I have it on um, our book group Votes. Uh, every six months for the next half a like, year's books. Do you have like a list that they so, vote from or do they just pick anything? That I they... make a list okay. of like 30, 25 or 30 books and um, I try to hit mm-hmm. uh, fiction, nonfiction, classics. Yeah. And then in the summertime, I'm going to throw some like YA books in there because mm-hmm. in June or July we might not want to read a you know, long mm-hmm. book. But I, I did put Beloved on there because we've been talking um, a lot about Toni Morrison, so mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe we'll all read it as a group. That'll be that'll be an interesting discussion, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but also, um, other than books, I read, I watched a little bit of Black Mirror um, because I've always needed to watch it. Like I'm so far behind. Everyone's like, "Oh, you see it?" I'm like, "No." 
And then I made the decision, like, I'm going to binge Black Mirror, yeah. which really is not. <laughs> not a good idea. Well, it's the month to do it, right? I suppose. Scary. Like, yeah, October. But, you know, Black Mirror, you sort of just, like, watch an episode. You're like, I'm done. Yeah. And then I'll watch the next one, like, a month from now. And that is that show disturbing in the same way that, like, Twilight Zone would be disturbing? Like, suppo- tweaking reality yeah, just a little that's, bit? I think that's what it's more. It's like a modern take on Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, some of them are really... Some of them are just really good. Some of them are just like, oh, this is, you know, this is fine. But there are some of them that are just sort of really interesting. It's sort of like that whole, you know, idea of, like, technology. What is technology doing to humanity Mm -hmm. and all this stuff? So it's sort of an interesting play. I think a lot of, like, technology is, like, the driving force, I feel like, of the 21st century. And, you know, the show just sort of shows, like, what happens if, technology goes too far if people use it the wrong way yeah even if it has good intentions like what it does to people who are on the other side who are using it the, the wrong way yeah. or even the right way and just sort of not able Being to cope wronged. with like this <laughs> not be able to cope with the changing landscape of like how you know this is even possible yeah sort of thing but i enjoyed that i'd recommend black mirror if you're interested in something like that or you have like a twilight zone itch i know twilight zone is coming back though Oh, it is? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw Jordan that. Jordan Peele is, I don't know if he's like a producer, like he's a producer. It's going to be on one of the million streaming services that are yeah, out now. Yeah, I remember seeing that, but mm-hmm. it's on a streaming service that like I don't have and don't yeah. want to get. So Yeah, and I also, um, I also watched um, The Last OG. That's uh, Tracy Morgan and Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> I like Tiffany Haddish a lot. Um, and that I was, like Tracy Morgan a lot, too. That was just a, that was a fun show. Uh, it was an interesting show, sort of about... You know, Tracy Morgan's character goes to jail and, like, he gets released. Sort of, like, what happens, you know, to a convict, how he gets a job. But also, the changing neighborhood that he grew up in is no longer... Oh, yeah, because it's been, like, 12 years or 8 yeah, years sort of, or like, something. been gentrified and everything. So we're sort of, like, coming to terms with a whole, basically, a whole new world that, you know, you went in and you came out. It's, like, you don't even recognize your home anymore. Mm-hmm. And it has, like, you know, obviously it's a comedy, so it's got, you know... It's more funny than it is sad, but it sort of does have a little bit of commentary on that whole thing. He has a great book. Um, He wrote an autobiography. What's it called? I'm not sure what it's called, but we can put it on the little blurb. Put it on the notes. um, I would recommend it on audio because he reads it. And I'd like to get a look at the actual text of the book because I can't imagine he was reading... From the actual text. <laughs> From the actual text, because he goes off into these side stories. He'll start, cr- start crying sometimes. Mm-hmm. He starts laughing uncontrollably sometimes. It's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it, um, a big insight into his life. He had kind of a wild upbringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, Tiffany Haddish has, has a biography, too. Yeah, The Last Black Unicorn. Mm-hmm. That's on my list. I yeah. really like her. Yeah, I watched her of, interview with David Letterman. She's had a pretty meteoric rise. Yeah. Like she was in that one movie, Girls Trip, and then she just, like, I don't know, blew up since then. Yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah, she was uh, in that interview with David Letterman. What did she do? Oh, she entertained at um, bar mitzvahs for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard she lived out of her car for a little bit, yeah. too. So lots of interesting people out there. Yeah. Um, I guess with that, we'll take a short break, and we'll be back in a sec. And we are back. So we have uh, 
some information we want to let you guys know about. Um, the One of our librarians, David, who's been on the podcast before, he has a science fiction book discussion group now. Um, they've already met once, but they've also, they are meeting again. And the next book they're doing is Old Man's War by John Scalzi. And they're going to meet on Wednesday, December 11th at 7 at the Central Branch. So, so you're, you've got a time to read the book. Yeah, so if you're interested in science fiction um, and meeting people that also like science fiction and like discussing it, this is the group for you. So if you have any more questions, um, just contact David at Central. They've met once, and David said it was a really great discussion. They um, said that the group was very, very, very good at sci-fi. Like, they knew more about science fiction than David did. Yeah. So huh. it'll be a good group, good discussion. So that is something that is happening. Yeah, and I think uh, once you sign up, you can sign up online, and then you can uh, pick the books, the book up at Central. Um, but there'll be more information on the website. Mm-hmm. And then David also wanted us um, to mention, uh, he spoke about this on the podcast before, but um, he's got this digital media lab, which we're recording in uh, right now. And it's a DIY media conversion center, and he's got some open um, time slots. So if you are sort of waiting your time to call now's the time he can get you right in you can convert your vhs tapes your audio tapes your slides your vinyl records photographs all that to digital um and david can help you do it for free mm-hmm. so um another reason to call david his phone should be ringing off the hook yep, <laughs> yep it should so you could turn your 20th century technology into 21st century technology so call david if you're interested in science fiction and converting some old tech, old stuff into new stuff yeah. or usable stuff because I know some people probably have a lot of stuff that they can't listen to or watch to because they don't necessarily have the, the players anymore, but they have all these tapes. They're like, oh, I can't play these anymore. Well, David's got you covered. Yeah. Um, he's usually at Ewald, but he's sometimes at Central, so um, call any branch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll get you over there. Yeah, we'll track, him, we'll track him down for you. He's all over the place. He's on the reference desk right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come in and see him. Um, what else do we have going on? Oh, we have our escape room that we've been talking about. Um, it's really come together, and it's happening on Saturday, October 26th. So mm-hmm. you can call Matt if you want to sign up your group. Yep, slots are that. filling up. So there's only a handful of slots left. So if that's something you're interested in, call me ASAP, and I'll get you on the books. Yeah, it's a Stranger Things-themed yep. escape room. Mm-hmm. You can have waffles while you wait. Or after. Or after. Mm-hmm. To celebrate or console yourself if you failed to escape the escape room. Mm-hmm. It'll be great fun. It's 12 and up, so adults, teens, and tweens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bring a group. Recommended, you know, I guess four to six is okay. Yeah. Anything more than six. If it's seven, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I, don't, yeah. I think ten is probably too many people. Yeah. So if you have a group of ten... We'll split you in the two slots. Right. If that's if that if that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and then also, it's nearing the end of October already, which is crazy. Um, and November is National Novel Writers Month, which is a program that um, this man named Chris Beatty created, where you write fifty thousand words in thirty days. That's like um, a little over sixteen hundred words a day. Um, and at the end of the month, you have a draft of a novel. And 
all throughout November we're going to have programming and we're going to have the study room open uh, for people that want to write the next great American novel. Um, but on this month, October 29th, if you want to prep, we're having a NaNoWriMo prep with Inside Out Literary Arts. So we're going to have a panel of writers, uh, poets and essayists and fiction writers um, who are going to discuss uh, writing practices and how to generate ideas and just sort of get you in the mood for writing um, your next great book or your mm -hmm. first great book. Mm -hmm. So come to that. That's Tuesday, October 29th at the Ewald branch. So what is the Great American Novel? There have been many discussions about It's beloved. Didn't we, we discuss uh, this? <laughs> I, guess we, I guess, never mind them. Yeah. Uh, but what is, like, what is the Great American Novel? Like, what is the general thesis of this? Is it just some... A classic work written by an American. Does it take place in America? Does it have like American values? Like, what does like what classifies something as a great American novel? I don't. I don't know what it would be. I don't know what the textbook definition is. For me, it's it wouldn't have to necessarily um, take place all in America because mm -hmm. we're a country of immigrants. Yeah. Um, but it would have to have some sort of hybrid of the American dream, so some okay. sort of, you know, mm -hmm. so what manifest would be, destiny, I what guess would be a say. good example of a book that you would say is uh, an example of the great American novel? I think John Steinbeck probably wrote one or two great American mm -hmm. novels, Toni Morrison. Mm -hmm. um, Any more contemporary authors, do you think? Anything that Jonathan... Franzen has written, or Michael Chabon. I bet you Jonathan Franzen would say he's written a <laughs> great American novel. But what, is, what would Andy uh, say? <laughs> I don't think so. I've only read The Corrections um, by him. I think Richard Russo um, writes some great American novels. Mm -hmm. um, who else do I think? I can't really I'm drawing think. a blank. Yeah, I can't. As I said... Yeah, I'm not too going on a lack of sleep. I'm not too familiar with these, you know, I guess classic. Like, there's literary fiction, and there's this. Like, what's literary fiction? It's like apparently it's something that has literary merit. But yes. It's like, who determines that? Right. It's like any, but anything could be literary right. fiction. Oh yeah. I would say Kurt Vonnegut is the greatest American author. Oh yeah. But that's my opinion. Right. Yeah. Who's to say? Um, I just learned about a new genre called a water biography, mm -hmm. a water bio. It's a, a genre of biographies or memoirs written by women who go through some sort of crisis in their life and turn to the ocean for an answer. Whether it's like, like they piracy? start swimming. Or, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely read that book. <laughs> we could find a woman who like... A housewife who goes through a midlife crisis and mm -hmm. decides to be a pirate. Mm -hmm. uh, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Mostly swimming or... Okay. Um, Interesting. I read, a, I read a book where a woman goes to the ocean to lament her life and meets a merman. <laughs> That's a novel, though. I guess that wouldn't be a water bio. But anyway, there's all sorts of mini genres mm -hmm. floating around. Uh, what else were we going to talk about? Do you have anything going on? Um, I'm going to the North-South tailgate oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we'll have a table. We'll have some stuff to do. We'll have cornhole. So we'll be playing cornhole. And we'll have a lot of library information. You can talk to me. 
hang out. Are you taking the book bike? No, we just have a table set up. No book bike, just a table. Table of information. Yeah, people don't probably want to check out a book to take into the football yeah, game. Yeah, I, I doubt it. And But we'll have a lot of information there, so we'll have some stuff about the, more things about the escape room, some of our electronic resources information, cornhole. Um, also going to bring the laptop with me, and I want people to, cr- to add stuff to a Spotify playlist, like a tailgate mix. Oh, nice. So hopefully we'll get some people adding, and then if we get a lot of hits on that we'll post we'll post that we'll share the playlist to everybody on Facebook and through various means so you could listen to what the community recommends for a tailgate party yeah mm-hmm. that we sounds fun I'm... we won't have food at our table unfortunately but apparently I'm told there's a lot of food in yeah. that area anyway sounds like a good chili so, so this is sort of a way you could eat at the library yeah where is it uh, South. Oh, it's at South. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like near South. I'm not sure what street it's on, but I know like they set up everything. It's probably right on Fisher. Yeah. Hmm. But this is my first year going, so I'm the, I'm the only person that probably doesn't know where it is. Everyone else is like... <laughs> it's old hat. Every, this is, I know where it is. Yeah. But yeah, it should be fun. Hopefully the weather's not too bad, not too cold, not too windy, but it'll be fun. I'll have a helper with me, but it'll be... It'll be nice. Oh, good. Get out in the community and say hi to everybody. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I won't be attending because I've told, promised my son we're going to have a slumber party, so I will be in a blanket fort watching Curious George Boofest. That sounds like a pl- <laughs> That sounds fun, though. With snacks. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So speaking of Halloween and stuff, that's only in a couple weeks, and the both of us will be absent on our next recording, which is due to record record on Halloween. So what are your Halloween plans for this year? Is it tough with the newborn? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe. Um, We won't be able to trick-or-treat as long, possibly, but Mm -hmm. um, I took the day off, as you did, Mm -hmm. so I'll probably help out in the classroom. Um, My older son's, I'm sure, having a Halloween party, and it's a half day as well. So... um, we're going to party in the classroom, go home, um, and get our serious costumes on. You can wear your costume <laughs> to school, but mm-hmm. um, my son's going to go as a mad scientist. Um, cool. And we're going to sort of make his face and hair look like something might have blown up in his face. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll do that. And then the little one is going as baby Elvis, so we'll have to make sure he evacuates everything out of his body before we put that shiny silk white costume on him. I guess. Um, and my husband has a tradition of having, they always had taco night at their house. Um, for Halloween? For Halloween. Get like your, is it like a family thing? Like his family does it? As a family thing. Okay. His family thing before they go trick-or-treating. And mm-hmm. it's always good to get a good meal in the kids mm-hmm. before they go out and eat all that candy. Um and our street uh, over in the park is co- quite busy with trick-or-treaters, so mm-hmm. we'll probably try to go out early um, and come back and put the baby to bed and pass out a lot of candy. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the dentists are saying, um, even though it seems maybe counterintuitive, let your kids eat tooth-wise, not belly-wise, all the candy they want on um, mm-hmm. Halloween because parceling it out a little bit in their lunch bag or a little bit after dinner every night, basically until Christmas, um, is worse for the yeah. teeth. 
So just let them suck down all that candy. Mm-hmm. So the dentists are like, well, it's better for the dentist, <laughs> right. but like not the doc, not, not maybe like not the primary care doctor. Maybe not the like, Oh, now like our kids yes. like got like I don't know. They're bloated from all this right. candy. The dentist is like, I don't yeah, know. Their teeth I'm, look great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we eat most of the candy in our house still. Our son's six now, so he's probably getting on to us. But for the past forever, he uh, just kind of eats on Halloween and then sort of forgets about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he gets down to the chocolate, he doesn't care anymore. So that's where we shine, my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what happened last year. I know we got a lot of stuff like our kids at the age where fruit snacks are still a, a, an okay thing to get. Because I know mm-hmm. when kids get older, they're like, fruit snacks. Fruit snacks. Yeah. But she just, she'll eat some fruit snacks, she'll eat whatever. And yeah. then I'm sure, I don't like candy, so I won't eat any of it. You don't um, like candy? Not really. Like, I'll have like a Twix or a Kit Kat, yeah. but like, I don't like candy all that much. I don't really like sweets like that. Like, oh, I okay. drink Mountain Dew, which is probably more sugar than any candy bar. Yeah. But I just don't like chocolate or all that stuff. I'm just like, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. So will you, the family, go trick-or-treating? Yeah, we have a family. Apparently, we always, we have a family costume, which is oh. happening, like, all the time. Like, I knew it was happening this year, but apparently it's, like, every year, not just oh. once <laughs> or whatever. You've signed it on the dotted yeah, line. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, so Kaya wanted to be Ariel from Little Mermaid, so that was, like, Perfect. the first person to make the choice. And then my wife's like, okay, I'll be Ursula. And I'm like, I guess I'll go as Eric because it's a super simple costume, mm-hmm. which is good for me because I don't really like dressing up too much. Yeah. And I had most of the stuff already. Just had to get a few things. Yeah. So we'll go. I guess you could have gone as um, Flatsum or Jetsum. <laughs> that would have been harder to dress up as a cartoon mm-hmm. eel. But. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. So we'll trick or treat. Oh, fun. And we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it's, like I said, hopefully it's not too warm or not too cold. Last year was actually not too bad. It was a little warmer, I felt. No, last year was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Halloween's one of my favorite um, holidays. And I was trying to get my husband. We've never taken a family portrait before. Mm-hmm. And I really like the candid family pictures. So I was trying to talk my husband into having one of the various photographers we know come over on Halloween and just watch us. Um, take a few pictures of us just being a family but then also getting ready for Halloween we love mm-hmm. to listen to Thriller and um, we have a Halloween creepy sounds record that my son's been putting on every night at dinner <laughs> we've mm-hmm. been like lighting candles and mm-hmm. putting a sound of like a people screaming and cats yep. falling well, down wells well as soon as basically November 1st rolls around Christmas time it's, yeah oh so. yeah we don't listen to my in my house. We couldn't listen to holiday music until after Thanksgiving, because I think like it, a rule. Yes, I think it would have just driven my father nuts. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I generally don't listen to the radio, so I don't really hear all that stuff. So yeah. I don't really know. But I know like the stores are gonna just Halloween never happened already. Yeah. So, like, even now, like I feel like I've already seen Christmas stuff. Somebody told me the Halloween stuff was, like, all picked over already, and mm-hmm. I can't believe that. It's still two get, weeks away. I need to get candy still. So. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, apparently my neighborhood, like, people, like, stand outside and give people candy. Mm-hmm. Which is new. Usually people rang the door. 
Yeah. You know, people like, I don't know, maybe it's just easier for them to be outside so they don't have to keep getting up. It takes like, a long time outside. for the kids to run down the sidewalk. Like, on our street, the houses are kind of set back. Mm-hmm. And every, you got to, like, run down the sidewalk and ring the doorbell and then wait and run back up. Mm-hmm. So some people do just sit out in their lawn chairs at the end of the sidewalk there and mm-hmm. uh, make it a little bit easier on the kiddos. Yeah. But it should be fun. Unless, you know, I guess my wife possibly could give birth. So, <laughs> with the um, Halloween. Which would be the second time. Dressed as Ursula. Yeah. So, that's something that the could The second happen. time that happened? Yeah, she, last time she went to labor on Halloween. She did? Yeah, and then, she, you know, November 1st was when the kid came out. Oh. And it's possible. It's unlikely, though, because she was overdue the first one, and she's due the 14th, even though it's possible it'll be full term then but it'll be interesting we're gonna both be sleepless i mean maybe my son will start sleeping through the night again but there's a possibility that the podcast could just turn into gibberish once you have that baby it's possible we could like have a sleepwalking episode like we'll just record at three o'clock in the morning because we thought it was 12 o'clock but yeah should be interesting times ahead yeah toddler and a newborn fun times yeah it'll be wild <laughs> yeah is there anything else you want to bring up before we wrap it up nope we'll see everybody in november for um mm-hmm. so everybody have a safe halloween and call david if you're yeah. interested in <laughs> science fiction or have some old stuff that you want to digitally listen to or watch and i'll be at the tailgate tomorrow and the Stranger Things escape room next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Give me a shout. And with that, we'll see you November. Just like Brian Wilson Well, I have. I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson there.